if you say so. Tonight, I want to share with you a a message uh, God has dropped in my spirit as we were thinking about uh, this 25th year of uh, church life and church existence and all of the wonderful things that God has uh, afforded you and allowed you all to experience thus far. And I spent in prayer after Pastor Anderson had spoken with me and shared that he wanted to me to come, I got deep in prayer wanting to be relevant uh, to where the Spirit wanted me to go. I, 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 I don't want to be that kind of preacher that just preaches something you might just want to hear, uh, but rather I want to preach something that's going to be life-changing, that's impactful, that will leave you better than the way that you came in. And so for a few moments, I want to look at two texts of Scripture. I want to play in this narrative out of Genesis chapter number 21 is where I want to begin my reading. Genesis chapter number 21, beginning uh, with verse number one. And then I'll ease back that I want to lift also in the uh, narrative a few chapters back. But I want to begin there in Genesis chapter number Uh, 21. In chapter 21 of Genesis, verse number one, it says, And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age. At the set time which God had spoken to him, And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son, Isaac, being eight days old, as God had commanded him. And Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. And Sarai said, God hath made me to laugh, so that all that hear will laugh with me. And she said, Who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should have given child suck for I have borne him as uh, born him a son in his old age. And then verse number eight says, And the child grew and was waned. And Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was waned. Kind of liking it already, kind of liking it, kind of liking it. But to put it in its context, Pastor John, I want to go back to John, excuse me, Genesis chapter 12 so that you can really appreciate why I'm here. Genesis chapter number 12, uh, beginning with verse, well, let me just, just give it all because I just feel it today. Verse number one says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country. And from thy kindred, and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. 
and I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse, curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Verse 4 says, So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Hebron. I hope somebody feels where I'm going. His beginning was 75, but his blessing was at 100. And if you do the math, 25 years, something happened when I called. I'm gonna leave it alone, leave it alone. <laughs> and so, and so, and so, Pastor John, as I was looking at this text, I said, God, I really want to preach 25. I want to preach 25. I want to talk about the significance of what God has done for 25 years right here. Some of God's best people are right here. One of God's best preachers is right here. A anointing is right here. And sometimes God has to hide his best gift for a set time. And then all of a sudden we'll pull back. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord, help me today. Because I'm here to testify that this is a new beginning. This is five times five gives me 25. This is grace times grace times grace times grace. Oh, you, you, you ain't ready for me. You ain't ready for me. You ain't ready for me. But I need to tell you that God has held back what he wants to do. But this is the season where God is going to flood the gates and bless from the north, the south, the east, the west. And all God needs you to do is get ready. Twenty-five. Somebody holler, twenty-five. I'm coming alive. Twenty-five. I will not die. Twenty-five. It's mine. It's my season. It's my moment to give God the glory and for the world to know who God is in this place. Tw 25, 25, 25, 25. So sit, 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 sit. You're scaring my folk over here. You know, they... They ain't used to this kind of, you know what I mean. But I just said, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm really teasing y'all because God has been doing some stuff at St. Mark lately. And guess what? I know God has been doing something over here lately. And when all of God's children get together. What a time. So, oh God, help me today, Lord. Genesis chapter 12. 
is the beginning of the journey whereby God has invited Abram and his wife Sarai to take a journey to something they've never seen, to go someplace they've never gone, to be something they've never been, and to experience God doing something that if God didn't do it, it wouldn't get done. Sounds like something that happened 25 years ago. See, I'm not a novice here. Your pastor and I and I've been, been, been together. If he's your daddy, I'm your uncle. Because we, we birthed this thing here out together. We've we been, we been riding this thing for a long time. I remember when he came to me and said, he said, Brian, listen, he said, God is doing something. I'm just, I just don't feel like I can stay at, uh, at, 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 at Pentecostal Tim. I said, John, you, you're going to leave? He said, I feel like I got to leave PT. I feel like I got to leave. I said, where you going? <laughs> he looked at me and he said, he said, I'm not going anywhere in the physical but I hear God calling me to go somewhere in the spiritual. He said, there's nothing wrong with PT. It's just that I feel like God wants me to do more. Oh God, oh God, I'm fine. Somebody ought to holler more because you ought not be satisfied with status quo. You ought not be satisfied with just giving God a little hallelujah. You ought to want to give God more. Because the more you think of what God has done and all that God is, the more it ought to move you to say, God, you deserve more. So, so he and I prayed and he prayed and I prayed and he prayed and I prayed and he prayed and God birthed a ministry. A ministry that has had its ups and downs, its ins and outs, but through it all, God has been good. Why is that important? That's important because the only thing your pastor had was a word from God. His money was funny. His change was strange. See, he wasn't driving what he was driving now, y'all. He'd had a little Hyundai. Come on, somebody. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to tell it all. I'm, that one time broke down with me, him, and Chico on, on the Howard Franklin. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> But here's the thing, he didn't have anything but God. And he was determined to do it right. Which meant he wasn't trying, come on, I'm gonna talk to you now. He, he wasn't trying to steal nobody else's members. He, he had some folk from PT that wanted to go to, he said, shh, shh, mm-mm, mm-mm. Because he did not want to break ties with his mother church. 
And so he waited and prayed and birthed it. And little by little, members just started trickling in and coming in and coming in and coming in and coming in. And it just kept doing what it was doing and doing what it was doing and doing what it was doing. And here's the thing. It was still a kept secret. If you ain't never been here, you didn't know what was going on. But I'm talking to somebody who got here and said they were just going to stop by and visit, and you're still here. I I'm talking to somebody who said, I was just coming because my friend said, come. But, but you didn't realize your friend said, come, but the Holy Ghost said, sit. I'm trying to get in this thing. I really am. Somebody holler 25. Yes, Lord. Because it's significant, y'all. It's significant. So, so, so Abram takes a journey. John, as he journeyed, he didn't dot all the I's and didn't cross all the T's. Some things didn't go quite the way they were supposed to go. Watch this, watch this. Some folk that used to be here ain't here no more. But every time somebody walked out, others walked in. Am I talking to somebody? Because some of you all are crying about what you lost, but you ought to be shouting about what's coming. Because eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men the wonderful things God has prepared. But sometimes there can be an addition until there's first a subtraction. And so 25, God said, Abram, he said, yeah, Lord, he said, just keep walking. And eventually you will see what I want you to see. You will know what I want you to know. You'll do what I want you to do. And somebody, I don't know who this is for, but I feel it. Some of you all are trying to figure everything out before you get going. But I heard God tell me to tell somebody in this room, some things you will not know until you go. God is just waiting on you to bust a move so he can show you where he wants you to be. gonna be one of these nights John I feel it ah, so so hey glory okay okay he, hear me hear me 
25 years later from Genesis chapter 12 to now Genesis chapter 21, a lot of things had to happen, but now 21 reveals in the 25th year a promise God made to Abram and Sarai, his wife, that has now come to flourishing. I need to tell us so that we know that I am at least knowledgeable about the word of God, that if you check Genesis chapter 11, Genesis chapter 11 testifies that Sarah is barren and can have no children. And so God says to Abram, sometime you can't get what you need until you go where I need you to go because some of you all cannot have what God wants you to have until you break out of the negative space that you're in with the negative people that are holding you down so that you can now know that God is able to do everything but fail. Now, John, I get excited because around chapter 18, I'm trying to get where I'm going. But John chapter 18 of Genesis tells us that, that, that Sarah wasn't just barren, bro, Pastor. But by the time you get to Genesis 18, around verse 11, I believe, we are told that she has passed her season. Sisters, can I hope you today? She's in menopause. She hot and don't know why she hot. Ah. <laughs> it's so cold in the room, but she just hot. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> now, hit a thing, hit a thing, hit a thing. Not only is she been barren up till this moment, but now she's past a moment where, where the possibility of that could even happen is over. And yet God keeps saying, don't put a period where God means for a comma. Don't tell God what he can't do. Because you don't know my God like I know my God. And nothing is impossible with God. So if God says a thing, it is already done because he said it. All God needs is a few people to believe what he said. And then God can back that thing up and restart the system and create a moment that the world said can, but God says, yes, it can. Now, Abram and Sarah laughed at God because they said, why would God wait till we're at this season of our life to dare say that us is going to have a child? But God is just like that, y'all. 
I'm talking to somebody who needed to know that sometime when you stop looking for it, that's when you find it. When am I going to get married? When you stop looking for it. When am I going to get my breakthrough? When am I going to get this and get that? When you realize that I've been chasing God for his things and not chasing him because of who he is. So, she laughed. God says, I'm going to make you remember that laugh because every time you call his name, you're going to have to laugh because you call laugh. I wonder, is there anybody that God showed you that what you were asking for, what you hoped for, what you believed for, what you thought was impossible, that God turned it into the very thing that he calls you by the name? And so today I come to verse chapter 21. Just trying to get there because I'm... Tonight I want to deal with 25 years later. That's, that's, the, that's the message. Because exceeding grace, we are 25 years later. And so since we're 25 years later, it's a great time for us to do some evaluation. Now to evaluate means that sometimes you've got to ask some questions. Some of the questions that we may have to ask tonight are not going to be easy questions. But the more you honestly answer the questions and are led by the leadership of the Holy Ghost that you can experience in the 25 year after because you were willing to do diligence in the preparation of the 25th year forward. Can I go to the text now? Genesis 21, uh, beginning, if you please, with verse number, number two. Says, for Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age. At the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him whom Sarah bare to him Isaac. Verse 4 says, And Abram circumcised his son Isaac being eight days old. And God as God commanded him. Verse 5 says, And Abram was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born. Now, if Abraham was a hundred, that means Sarah was ninety because they was ten years apart. He left at 75 from Haran. She left at 65, and they got in their little Winnebago and <laughs> went down the road. Now, 25 years later, the first thing that I think that we're going to have to ask ourselves 
is this, that after 25 years, here's your first point, has anything been God-produced? Notice what I didn't say, John. The text is clear, and how many times is, is the uh, author putting emphasis on this child and how it was born? Because, watch this, y'all, this ain't his first production. Can I talk to you? And just like it's not his first production, many of your products aren't God products either. God wants us to understand that this 25th year is a moment for you not just to reflect on what's been produced, but what has God produced. See, the difference between your production and God's production is your stuff don't work, his does. Your stuff don't last long, his lasts always. Your stuff fails, his stuff always succeeds. And what God is trying to do, I believe, John, in this 25th year is to cause us to focus on the things that only God can do. Why? Because the more you focus on who God is and God's ability, the more you sharpen your faith to believe God. Watch this. There cannot be a Genesis uh, tw uh, 22 without first a Genesis 12 that led us to a Genesis 21. In other words, sometimes you got to see what don't work for you to finally realize what will work. And then when you know what works and you keep working it and you keep working it and you keep working it and you keep working it, then you can say to your son, I don't know where the Lord is going to provide. I, I, when, 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 when Isaac says, Daddy, I see the wood. I see the fire. I even know where the knife is. But where is the lamb then because you know God you can say the Lord will provide us a lamb some of you all have not got there because you are still counting on what you can do and as long as you're counting on what you can do you are canceling what God wants to do. But the doctor said, I'm sick. Okay, he said you were sick, but what did God say? I'm down, but what did God say? I'm lost, but what did God say? I'm going through, but what did God say? Twenty-five years is God asking us after twenty-five years, has anything been God produced? Now listen, y'all. Paul said it like this. He says, I, Paul, plant. And then he says, and Apollos water. You plant, you water, watch this, y'all, but ain't nothing happened. 
you put it in, you poured it over, but did nothing happen. Because anytime you think that you can do something that God can only do without God, all you have is a wet seed. The seed cannot be all that it needs to be without the divine hand of God. So Paul says, even though I plant and Apollos watered, the only way that this thing was produced was because God must bring the increase. So, 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 so the first thing you ought to be counting that's God produce is you if you're saved. Because if you saved, the only reason why you saved wasn't because of you. It was because somebody watered, somebody planted, but God took wet seed and turned it in to something. Now, why is that important? Because you need to know how you got here. Well, they had a family and friends. Days. No, they didn't. They had a barbecue. No, they didn't. They had a festival in the park. No, they didn't. All of that they did, but that ain't what brought you here. What brought you here was the Holy Ghost took your heart and said, Today is the day that I want you saved. And you heard it, and you heeded it, and now you are produced. Now, why is that important? I'm talking to mama and them now because you got some sons and daughters who are still acting like knuckleheads. But the same way God brought you in is the same way God will bring them in. And all God needs you to do is just believe that God will make the increase. John, I'm back to you for a moment. You remember years ago we started experiencing big ministries. We were on the tennis court, and we were struggling. You weren't playing your best. I wasn't playing your be my best, and we sat down and we talked. And you confessed to me that I I'm sometimes feeling uh, inadequate. And I said, you too? That, that what's wrong with me? What's wrong with you? that God has not done for us what we've seen him do for some of the others. And we started second guessing sometime that maybe we wouldn't hold in our mouth right, that maybe we wouldn't doing it right or saying it right. But I heard God tell both of us that it's not by what we do, but rather by his power. And that we've got to understand that God does what God does when God does it. And any way he blesses us, we ought to be satisfied. It, your ministry has never been numbered or never been, 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 been calculated by the members in the church. It has been calculated on how faithful you are to him. Now, why am I saying that? Because some of y'all are saying I'm not cute enough. Baby, you, you don't know like they know. You thought you wanted Rick, Ricky and Ray Ray. 
But if you knew the hell that Ricky and Ray Ray was taking Shaniqua them through, hey, how they go help me today? Some of y'all should be shouting right now because your choice, if God had given you your way, you wouldn't be here today. But is there anybody that's glad that God said no so that you would knock at the right door for God to say yes? And all I'm trying to help somebody understand is that, that you've got to come to the place to realize that everything that's important starts with God, stays with God, and ends with God. Let me move. Let me move. I was going to tell a story, but I'll tell you that one. John, I'll remind you that one when we go to dinner tonight. Because mm -hmm, it just, I felt it in my spirit, but we'll talk about that one later. Mm -hmm. <laughs> After 25 years, has anything been God produced? Because you got to start counting the productions of God and not the productions of man. You got to stop seeing what you can do and who you are or who you ain't and start looking at all that God has done and all that God is doing so that it can grow your faith to believe God for more. Because I'm talking to somebody who's now looking, saying, if God can do that, then now I'm looking at this a little bit different. Number two is found in verse eight. Because uh, I got a lot to say. I'm trying to get out of here because I don't want to keep you till midnight. Amen, somebody. But verse 8, the, the A clause of verse 8, the A clause, the A clause of verse 8 says, and the child grew and was waned. Stop right there. Question number one was, after 25 years, has anything been God produced? Here comes your second question, you ready? After 25 years, where's the progress? In other words, you got to see that Abraham and Sarah had a son at 100 and she was 90. And so for the first year, the second year, third year, because the weaning process is generally somewhere between two and four years. That means that for year one, two, three, let's just say four, that Isaac sat on Sarah's lap and he sat on her lap so that he could have direct access to her flow her goodness or her mercy you understand what I'm talking about mm -hmm. so for three years he had to sit on her lap for three years to four years. He sucked from her. 
For three years, he was dependent on what she did and did nothing but just lay there, burp, and uh, number one and number two. You understand what I'm saying? But the text says, John, the child did not stay in the infant-style state, but the child grew, which meant that once the child was winged, the child had to find his or her own seat. You cannot keep sitting on a lap after 25 years. You ought to be able to do something for yourself. After 25 years, after three years of the early stages, their expectation for Isaac was to become more independent of his mama and more dependent upon his relationship that should be growing with God so that some things that you may have needed in year one from your pastor, you ought to, after 25 years, you ought to be able to do warfare for yourself. You ought to know more than just uh, Jesus wept. You ought to be able to recognize that God is more than just a Burger King man that you can have your way, but that he's the king of kings and he deserves to be respected, worshipped, and adored. After 25 years, the question you ought to be asking yourself is our 25th year. What a progress. What, what, what can I do that, that I can do from my own seat, not your lap? Huh. For, 20, for three to five years, John, Isaac couldn't talk because he always had something in his mouth. But the expectation now at the other end was that you took something out your mouth so that you have something that should come from your mouth that ought to be able to speak life and death uh, is in the power of your tongue. And therefore, you ought to be speaking life and not death, speaking positive and not negative, speaking increase and not decrease, speaking favor and not demise. Young Isaac used to be dressed by himself, for himself. He couldn't dress for himself. He had to be dressed by his mama. He didn't know what to do. All he was, done, don't, what was to do was to follow the instructions of the lap he was on. Uh -oh. I hear you, Holy Ghost. Some of y'all are still being influenced by your lap you own. Today is November the 1st, but yesterday some of y'all was tricking for treats. And you weren't trying to get no Snickers and no Almond Joy. But I'm going to leave that alone. 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 
<laughs> Where's the progress? Which means that at this pausing moment of the 25th year, John, we've got to ask, have we made the kind of progress, watch this, that God is pleased with? Are we moving at the pace that, that pleases the one that's motivating our pro forward progress? Or are we still sitting on laps when we ought to be sitting in chairs? Are we filling our mouths with milk and not giving the meat of God's word to the world? Are we more interdependent than we are now living like we are now men and women who know who we are and know where we're going and saying to the world, come follow us as we follow God? Or are we still, watch this, Paul said it like this, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, but now that I've become a man, I had to stop with my childish things. Where's the progress? That if you don't get your way, you run. Where's the progress that if your name ain't called, you just stop doing anything? Where's the progress when somebody steps on your toe, you immediately assert that they meant to do it? Where's the growth that says that I spoke to Sister Sally, but Sister Sally didn't speak back. But rather than me assume that she don't like me, I'm assuming she just didn't see me. Where is the growth, the progress? And every day of your life, my life, our life, we got to be growing. Now, can I help somebody? Because about 15 of y'all are already feeling it on the inside. Don't nobody have to tell you that you're growing. I'm talking about 15 of y'all because the stuff you used to do, you don't do it no more. The stuff that used to run you ragged and get on your last nerve, you laugh at it now. The people who used to make you cry, you look at them now and say, oh, if you're waiting on me to cry, I ain't got no tears for you because I cried my last tear yesterday. Am I talking right to somebody? You remember how when you were driving, somebody cut you off and you spoke in a known tongue? But when you start growing, baby, you can look at them and say, I bless you anyhow and keep on going. But back in the good old days, you gave them the business. But now that you know who's in charge, you say, I'm not going to sweat that because as long as God is for me, who can be against me? Where, where you grew, where you, where, where your progress? Well, <laughs> verse 9, 
after 25 years, has anything been God-produced? Look for it. And then second of all, after 25 years, where's the progress? But look at verse 9. Because verse 9 introduces something that needs conversation. Verse 9 says, And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which, was, which she had born unto Abraham. Watch this, y'all. Mocking. Now that word mocking there, John, check it out in the Hebrews. The same word for mocking is the same word for Isaac's name because it's a play on words. He's saying that now that Isaac has gotten to an older age, his big brother is now using his, his, his affinity to laugh at him and to mock him saying, you ain't going to never be nothing. Now, peep this, peep this, peep this, peep this. Sarah caught this. Abraham was just a proud father. And then, and then the text says, let me read the text, let me read the text. Verse 10 says, wherefore she said unto Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son. Lord, help me today, help me today. It's about to get tough in here. And her son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, not with my child. Sound like she was a black woman. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Even with Isaac, just in case he didn't know who his son was, Isaac is who I'm talking about. Verse 11 says, and the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because he loved his son Ishmael. Verse 12, and God said unto Abraham, let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman in all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Oh, okay, 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 okay. 25 years later, after 25, first point, first point, has anything been God produced? Second point, after 25 years, where's the progress? Here comes number three. Hold your seats. After 25 years, how are you handling your past? Because if you don't handle your past right, your past will affect your present and will hinder your future. Some of y'all keep letting your past hang around longer than it ought to be. Ishmael represents a past mistake. Ishmael represents a human production. Isaac represents a God production. And some of you all cannot see victory because you are trusting the human past production more than you're trusting the divine hand of God.
Come on, ain't nobody here but us. I ain't scared of none of y'all today. Come here, girlfriend. I don't like him no more, but we just gonna be friends. I don't do what I used to do, but I just like to be there because it just like I just reminds me of the old times. Well, listen, baby, if the old times never brought you anything that produced anything to give glory to God, why do you want to go? Some of you all are grieved not by what God is doing today but you are grieved because you are still stuck in yesterday. God, thank you, Carl. I'm telling you, I ain't scared. Come here. Your, your, your new name is Exceeding Grace Christian Center, but that ain't your first name. Your first name was Souls Harvest Fellowship, but God ordered a change. Because the name Soul Harvest was not his name. It was your name. Now watch me, John. Some of the folk here 25 years later are still operating under Soul Harvest name and not operating on the new name God has called. Some of you all are still waiting to get back to old soul harvest. Can I tell somebody today at 857, soul harvest is dead. This is a new day. And God is doing a new thing. And you need to stop looking back and start looking forward. Because God is ready to take you somewhere. But you can't go looking back. Some of y'all are saying we, we missed the people that was here. Some of you all are saying we had more vibrant ministries when they were here. The devil is a liar. Because if God meant for them to be here, they would be here. But you're here. And this is your season. This is your moment. And what will you do? Look not past, but look forward. And God is able. Can I tell you something, Pastor? Some of your folk are still mad at you. They're still harboring resentment that you would give up our rich soul harvest legacy. But see, that's a telltale sign of a real man of God. Because a real man of God will make decisions even when it knows that the rest of y'all don't know and don't like it. Because when you know what God said, and you're willing to do what God said, all God needs is for you to line up under your pastor and move forward. I bet you ain't sometime to get up there, son. We want to thank all of our visitors for joining us at so, I mean, exceeding grace. 
I bet you somebody's still writing soul harvest checks. But I heard God say that if your past is just that, your past. Now watch this, y'all. So how do you handle your past? I'm glad you asked. Because when it's in your hand, it will grieve you. And so God had to tell Abraham, Abraham, stop grieving. Let your past leave your hand and let your past come to my hand because I can do more with your past in my hand than you can do it when it's in your hand. And if you would just give it to God and now free yourself to give praises to him, God will do the rest. Well, sit, 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 sit. After 25 years, huh, has anything been produced? After 25 years, has any, where's the progress? Somebody needs to check themselves and ask after 25 years, how are we handling the past? Because I believe that some of you all are being handled by it but you ain't handling it. It's moving you to do things that you don't want to do because you've given the past more power than the past really deserves. And finally, well not finally, because I, I would be lying. Some of y'all want me to be at final, but I'm not quite there yet. Can we go to verse 22? I'm almost where I need to be. Just trying to t preach the 21 chapter, 21 narrative. Uh, God had me all over the place, John, but he said, just say in this text, and I'm going to just stay in this here text. Chapter 21, 22 says, and it came to pass at that time that uh, Abimelech, and Phicol, the chief captain of his host, spake unto Abraham, saying, God is with thee in all that thou dost. Verse 23 says, Now therefore swear unto me, here by God, that thou wilt not deal falsely with me, nor with my son, nor with my son's son, but according to the kindness that I have done unto thee, thou shalt do unto me and to the land wherein thou hast sojourned. Verse 24, and Abraham said, I will swear. Verse 25, and Abraham said, but now that I've said what I'll do, can I check you on something? Yeah. Verse 25, John says, and Abraham reproved Abimelech because of the well of water which Abimelech's servants had violently taken away. And Abimelech said, I would not who hath 
done this thing, neither didst thou tell me, neither yet heard of it, but today. Verse 27, and Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them unto Abimelech. And both of them made a covenant. Verse 28, and Abraham set seven ewe lambs of the flock by themselves. And Abimelech said unto Abraham, what meaneth these seven ewe lambs which thou hast set by themselves? Verse 30, and he said, for these seven ewe lambs shall, be, shall thou take of my hand that they may be a witness unto me that I have digged this well. Verse 31, wherefore he called the place Beersheba because there they swear both of them. Thus they made a covenant at Beersheba. Then Abimelech rose up and Phicol, the chief captain of the host, and they returned into the land of the Philistines. Why am I telling you this story? Because if you check back, John, the chapter, the chapter just before, in chapter 20, uh, Sarah and Abraham were making their way there and uh, Abraham got a little nervous that even though she was in her 90s she didn't look like what she'd been through. So he said now when we get up in here I'm going to need you to just kind of tell them that you and I just be brother and sister. And when Abimelech saw that silver-haired woman, he said, my, 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 my. Show look good tonight. Help me, Holy Ghost. Huh. And the text says, y'all, I'm just telling you what the text said. That he called her to himself and was ready to operate as a man until God uh, broke up the party. And God said, bruh, 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 slow pump your brakes, hold up, wait a minute. You about to mess something up up in here. And Abimelech went to Abraham and said, why would you deceive me like this? Telling me that just she your sister. Well, he said, well, she is. We got the same daddy, but two different mamas. But she is my wife, too. And he said, but why would you make me do what I was thinking of doing without telling me? He said, because I was afraid. that you would want it and you would kill for it. So I thought it would be just better for me to just test a lie. 
The text then says, read it in your leisure, that because of what Abimelech had done, God had closed up Abimelech's wife's womb. And she was unable to have any children. Watch this, John. Until Sarah said, I forgive him. And Abraham prayed that the womb opened. And as a result, Abimelech sent money. And now we're in the text where Abimelech said, we've been watching you. And even though you can be shifty and shady and sometimes untruthful, we realize God is with you. Watch this, y'all. In all matters. Now, listen. God made a heathen man see a man in his faults, but see a God in his faithfulness. To the point that the heathen man does not talk about the man, but talks about the man's God and says, I think I need this God in my life because if this God can do all that he's done for you, maybe this God will do some of that for me too. So they talk about a covenant. Promise me that you will never do to me what you did before or anything else. And Abraham says to Abimelech, I promise. And Abimelech is cool. But Abram looks at, Abraham looks at Abimelech and said, well, why are you cool? I'm not. Because your people violently took my well from me. And Abimelech said, I don't know nothing about that. I promise this is the first I've heard of this today. I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know if it's Ray Ray or Mama Nim or Uncle Joe or Uncle Pete. I don't know. All I know is I didn't know this until today. And Abraham said to Abimelech, it is true. So if we're going to make a covenant, let's make the covenant not that I'm going to do wrong, but we're going to make the covenant that you're going to respect what's mine. So he puts an offering out of lambs and, and oxen, and then he takes seven ewe lambs and sets them apart. Abimelech says, I understand what you're doing here. This is part of our agreement about what you needed, but what's this over here? He says, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, complete. The Hebrew word Sheba, which means promise or oath which is why you get the name Bear Sheba. Because today, your word is in this covenant. And if you break it, you will die. That I have dug this well for myself, and it belongs to me. Now, why is that important? It's important because Abraham understood that after 25 years, I've got something that I need and I can never be without it. Now listen, y'all, it's not his money, it's not his wealth, it's not his status, it is that well because the well represents the blessings of God. Hmm. After 25 years, has anything been God-produced? 
after 25 years, where's the progress? After 25 years, how are you handling the past? But number four, after 25 years, what, what needs protection? And hear me now, because what Abraham wanted to protect John was the well. Not the well that he dug, but the well or the water that ran from the well. What, is I, what am I saying? What am I saying? Watch this, y'all. Man can make the well, but only God can make the water. And wherever the water is, there's the blessing. And what man's got to do is find a portal to get down to the blessing. Oh, God, I'm about to holler by myself because I need you to know that God needs you to protect your portal. He needs you to protect your gateway. He needs you to protect your entrance that leads into the fountain of the favor of God. And I'm here to testify that this is your well. And you ought to protect it. Because in here and through here is where God rains down his blessings unto you. Listen. We are too loose with our language. We run down our churches like we run everything else down. But you ought to see this as your well place. This is the place that makes you well. This is the place where God will be well in your life. And when you protect your place, God will bless your life. He says, he said, you have everything else. Well, I remember a few chapters ago, around chapter 13, I believe, when there was a schism between Lot's herdsmen and Abram's herdsmen. And God told Abram to talk to Lot. And told Lot that this ain't good, that we are at odds against each other. And so, oh God help me. God told Abram to let Lot pick first. And Lot looked out and saw that the waters were plentiful on one side. And so he said, give me that. And then God said, now that you've made his choice. I want you to look to the north, the south, the east, and the west. And then he said, walk it out. That wherever your feet stop, that's yours. And I need to tell you that while the waters were plentiful where Lot had chosen, there was plenty of water running underneath the ground. That if Abraham was willing to dig for it, the water would never run dry. And then my mind went back to a few chapters before, uh, uh, before chapter 21 when Lot, uh, excuse me, in the same chapter 21 when Lot finally told uh, Hagar and her son to leave, the Bible says that he filled up her water and put it over her shoulder and her and Ishmael started walking. But the Bible says that they run out of water. And so Hagar said, he going to die. And I don't have enough uh, in me to watch my baby die. So she left him under a tree and she went an arrow's throw away. 
And the Bible says that God heard the lad's cry. And God told uh, Hagar to come back. And here's what I'm getting excited about. Because the Bible says that God opened up her eyes. That she found a place where the water was flowing. And that she filled up her water. And that everything would be all right. I need to tell us again that God is in the blessing business. But God needs us to get aligned with where his blessings are. Because don't get fooled that everywhere God ain't blessing. But when you know where God is blessing, you ought to get to the blessed place and get the blessings of the Lord. I need to tell us there was a woman that had an issue of blood and she tried all she could, but there was enough blessings at the hem of his garment that she was made whole. I need to tell you that there was a pool called Bethesda and at a certain time, the angel would trouble the waters and whoever stepped in first would be healed. I'm here to let you know that God is in the blessing business, but you better find where God is and then stay there until he bless you. I heard one of the patriarchs tell the angel of the Lord that I will not let you go until you bless me. And I don't know who I'm after, but anyway, you bless me, Lord. I'll be satisfied. If I've got to walk with a limp, I'd rather be a limp man blessed than a walking man not blessed because any way he blessed me, I'll be satisfied. And so, and so, and so, and so, and so, where is the well? Now watch this, y'all. Some of y'all are trying to get it from his well. But the whole ground has water under it, which means that if you start digging for it, you will find your own well. I don't know who I'm after, but some of you all don't want to get dirty. But when you know where the water is, start digging. Because if you dig, you will find. And if you find, he'll fix. And if he fix, it'll be well. This is the hallowed ground where God is trying to bless you. When you started 25 years ago, this property was not value what it's valued at now. But God knew something. And God said, if you just hold on to it, I'll show you that it's got hidden value. It's got stuff that people want. And every day somebody wants to know when you want to sell it. But I hear God saying, hold on to your blessing. Because God is going to bless you here. God is going to give you the ministry that you deserve here. God is going to make you the head and not the tail here. God is going to make you above and not beneath here. God is able to deliver. He's able to destroy. He's able to do all things but fail. So look up and give him glory. Give him praise. He's worthy. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. Okay. Somebody says he got to have something else. He didn't give us anything else. I got one more point. I'm going to leave it alone. Hmm. I'm trying to hold my peace. But after 25 years, has anything been God produced? After 25 years, where's the progress? After 25 years, how are you handling the past? After 25 years, what do you need to provide protection for? It ought to be your blessings and the well. And finally, lest I worry us too long. And somebody said, I've been worried a long time. Well, you'll be all right. Verse 8, I got to go back up now. Because I did not give you the B clause of verse number 8. But I think it's time that I give it to you right here and right now. In verse 8, it says, and the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast in the same day that Isaac was weaned. I'm closing my Bible now because I want you to know I'm on my way home. Because after 25 years, has anything been God produced? And after 25 years, where is the progress? And after 25 years, how are you handling the past? And after 25 years, number four, what needs protection? But finally, I need to tell us that uh, when Isaac was born, it was an exciting time. And then eight days later, they circumcised Isaac as a custom of the covenant with God was made. But then it took two to three years for young Isaac to become an independent thinker and agent for himself. But the Bible says that at the end of his weaning, that they threw a major party after 25 years. Can I give you the final point? After 25 years, is there any praise in the house? Because I believe that Sarah looked back over her life and Sarah remembered when I was barren and then Sarah remembered when I, uh, I went through menopause and then Sarah remembered that I tried to help the Lord but the Lord stayed true to his promise and then Sarah said in my old age I got a son that I call laughter and now I've got to last laugh and I don't know about you but when you look back over your life there ought to be something that you can give God glory for because I heard in the Bible that everything that's good comes from the Lord is there anybody that can give him praise for waking you up this morning give him praise for being a roof over your head. Give him praise for being a doctor in your sick room, for being a lawyer in your courtroom. Is there anybody that can give his name glory? 
He's worthy to be praised. Can you say thank you for 25 years? Thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for being a bridge over troubled water. He's worthy. 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 Hey, worthy. Worthy to be praised. I don't know about you, but every time I think of his goodness and all that he's done for me, I can't help myself. You don't know like I know, and I don't know like you know, but you know that God made a way. God made a way. God made a way. God made a way. And because he made a way, give him praise. He's worthy! He's worthy! He's worthy! And so, there ought never be a day that you and I don't give him praise because God deserves everyday praise. God deserves all day praise. God deserves praise anyhow. Is there anybody who wants to give him praise? Give him praise. Give him praise. So, 25 years later, exceeding grace, somebody ought to be saying, I see God products. Somebody says, I'm ready for God's progress. Somebody's ready to deal with their past mistakes. Somebody's ready to protect their well. And I believe somebody's ready to give God some praise. I feel it. I, I feel it. 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 Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Hold on a minute. Hold that beat. Hold that beat. Because I heard the Holy Ghost just say that you ought not just praise God for where it brought you. But you better learn how to praise God for where you want to go. Where you want to go. Where you want to go. Your breakthrough is tied to your praise. Give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to him. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. God is a God of trilogy. You praise God for your yesterday. You praise God for your future. Now you ought to have a praise for your son and your daughter, for your neighborhood, for your community, for your city, for your state. Praise God. Praise him, they're coming on. Praise him, they're coming in. Praise him, they're breaking through. Praise. 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 John, I got to tell a testimony. Two weeks ago, I had the privilege of funeralizing a beloved member. I got in the car and I drove to Orlando with my family. And while we were there, we were there for a wedding. I left the funeral to go to a wedding. My nephew was getting married. And John, he had married from the West Indies culture. And their Caribbean flavor in the Orlando area was at the reception. At the end of the first dance with bride and groom, mother and son, father and daughter. The DJ came on and said, in the traditions of our culture, he said, if you dance, the however long you are on the dance floor, 
He said, the couple will stay married. And I need to tell you from that moment to the end of the dance, somebody was dancing because they put praise in their faith to believe that if I keep praising God, for every time I praise him, God will add another. For every time I praise him, God will do another. For every time I praise him, God will increase more. Is there anybody that has a, I want more praise. I want more praise. I want more praise. I want more. 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 Somebody shout 25, 25, 25, 25, 25, ah yes. He's worthy to be praised. So now God, here we stand. Thankful for 25 years of ministry of preaching, of teaching, of evangelizing, of being that beacon light in this dark community. 
Thank you for 25 years of faithful fellowship, faithful leadership, faithful men and women who listened and linked and loved and labored so that where we are today is fruitful because of our witness, our walk, and our work we've done down through the years. Now, Father, we pray your blessings upon this, your manservant. We ask, God, that you will flood him with your favor. That it will flow from his top and roll down to his skirts. And that ultimately all who are touching him may have the oil of your anointing. We declare and we decree that God, the only place from here is up. We speak bounty. We speak favor. We speak increase. We speak prosperity. We speak debt cancellation. We speak mortgage burning. Buildings built increase. We speak it, God. We declare it, God. We ask, God, that you would open up the windows and the portals and saturate the ground. Now, God, knit hearts with the heart of this, your servant, that they'll think like him that they'll walk like him, that there'll be unity and one accordness in this, this congregation. And we speak that when the spirit of Ishmael comes, that God, you will knock it out. For Isaac is in the house. And the seed of Isaac is flowing in this room. So favor husbands and wives. Favor sons and daughters. Favor brothers and sisters. Nieces, nephews. Grandmothers, grandfathers, grandsons, granddaughters. Aunties and uncles. Favor. Oh God, tonight, bring us under not only this conviction now, but seal it in our hearts that we will remember this day and remember our covenant that we are yours and we're sold out for you. Now, God, today, if there's a soul that needs saving, draw him, her, or them. That they may come into right relations with you. And if there's a person who is not within a church family, make them to feel welcomed here at Exceeding Grace. That this pastor and these people may love on them that they might become all that you have called them to be. 
God, we love you today for all that you're doing and for the way that you're doing it. Now get the glory. Get the honor. Get the praise. For you have been so good to us. You have been better to us than we could ever be to ourselves. We are so unworthy and undeserving of all that you have done. But God, we are truly thankful for your doing all that you have done. Now bless us that we may be blessings. Help us that we may ever be helpful. Continue to heal on us that we may use you to help to heal another. Make us, mold us, move us, motivate us to find your flow and to work in your flow. Oh, thank you, gentle spirit. I feel you settling on troubled hearts, quelling the anxiety of mothers and fathers. Work the room, God. Work the room. Give hope where there's been none. Give help where there needs help. Provide the healing mentally, the healing emotionally, the healing relationally, the healing spiritually, the healing financially, the healing. Mm. Do it, Lord. That we are never the same, never, 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 never the same in Jesus' name. Reign in this place. Reign in this place. Reign in this place. Reign, O oh God. Reign, O oh God. Reign, O oh God. In Jesus' name. Come on, give him praise right where you sit.